All right, here we are in week two of our Simplicity series, and just felt like God was telling me that we need to cover a life of simplicity. As we look at the life of Jesus, we can see how he lived a simple life. Last week, we, we talked about a sort of an introduction to simplicity, and this is going to be a short series. We're actually going to finish it up uh, next week, but Simplicity is something that Jesus showed, and we, we saw that last week. And last week, we asked the question, um, how full is your bucket? How full is your bucket? And if you remember last week, we had a bucket up here, and it had three levels on it. It had a low, medium, and high. And all of us have some sort of an, an energy bucket or, or a focus bucket, just something that would kind of help us go the extra mile and just kind of survive in this life. And there are things in our lives, and there are people in our lives who fill our bucket. You probably know who they are. And there are some people in some situations and some things that sort of empty your bucket. It's like there's holes in your bucket, and it just keeps draining and draining and draining. Maybe that's your job, okay? If you, if you have a job where you're not really seeing much fulfillment on that, you need to do some other things to fill that bucket, or maybe get another job, okay? And um, if, you, if you have a spouse that's draining your bucket, I don't know what to do to tell you about that, you know, but just keep praying, and uh, Lord will work that out. But, you know, sometimes kids can, um, kids can drain our buckets a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's so easy at our house for, like uh, I shared last week, sometimes Susanna and I will just say, hey, time out, we're no longer parenting, we're off the clock, and we're going away. And you may see us, and you may not, and sometimes you just have to do that. And sometimes, sometimes I think the kids hope that we'll just be gone for a few weeks and they'll have the whole rain uh, house to themselves, but we do come back most times. Um, so, but last week, how, how full is your bucket and what is filling it and what is draining it? Uh, Jesus, even Jesus, had to fill his bucket because his bucket would be drained. I'm talking about it physically. You know, physically, emotional, his body, he had to fill it. And so uh, he would do that with time away with God, with his father. And, uh, and he would also do that time away with friends. In our passage we read last week, he spent some time with friends and, and just some people that, that he would hang around. We're going to read today how, how Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, th- those are people he kind of hung around with a lot because something about them, maybe they laughed together a lot, you know? Or maybe they saw Jesus as, yeah, he's the son of God, but he's, he's like just a savage God too, you know? We like, we like Jesus. We like him hanging around. We want him over for dinner. And, and it just filled his bucket. And so he would get away with the father, he would get away with friends, but he would also uh, fill his bucket knowing that he, he was fulfilling his purpose on this earth. You know, you and I could do the same thing when we wanna fill our bucket, one of the best ways to do that, nothing fills our bucket better than going before God the Father and allowing him to speak to you, to your heart, to your mind, to settle you down. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there are times throughout the week that I just need to settle down. I just need to walk away. I need to have some time with God and say, all right, God, what, what do you wanna share with me? You know, we're gonna be on the land later on this, this evening, and sometimes I'll just, I'll just open that gate and I'll just walk on the church property because I, I just feel like it's, it has a special 
I don't know, just an, an anointing, just because I, I felt like it was, it's been reserved. Nothing's been built on it. It's been farmed, which is great, but it's been reserved for, for, for the, the, the church, the body of Christ, for his kingdom. And sometimes I'll walk out there and I'll just allow God to speak to me, just to get away. And so time away with God, allowing him to speak to you, fills your bucket. Time away, away with certain uh, friends or family will, will fill your bucket. And, and, and also, also a, a fulfillment of your purpose in life. Uh, we all have talents and abilities and passions, and when you're not, uh, if you, you're not running in that zone, then you really don't feel a, a fulfillment of your great purpose. And so you want to be able to, to fill your bucket. And we talked last week about the big rocks. I had another object lesson where we had sand, and we filled a bucket with sand, and sand is, represents those just those things that you just do that you waste your day and you, and, you, and you go to bed and you realize, what did I even do today, you know? It's kind of like just filled, filled our time with stuff. But there are also sometimes some big rocks, like spending time with God is a big rock. You want to put that in first. Spending time with, with those things that fill your bucket, with family and, and, and friends, you want, to, you want to put those in first. And there are things in your life, maybe taking care of your body, you know, going to the gym or, or just... Uh, you know, walking or, or, or those kinds of things. You want to take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so you put those in first to make sure that you have room for those most important things in your life and then all the other stuff, you just kind of pile on top of that. And then you can fit it in your day. Well, today I'm going to talk about simplifying your burden. Simplifying your burden. You know, I believe that, I don't know about you, but there are many many uh, weeks that'll go by and I just feel so heavy laden with things of this world. And, and I just allow things to, to just pile on top of me and I'm carrying something that I was not created to carry. I believe you and I, we get in, in, the, in the times when, when we're just carrying too much stuff. We're just carrying uh, too many things, weighing things heavy on our heart, and our, on our mind, on our spirit, and even on our body. And the three areas I'm gonna talk to us today about is the burden of our schedule, the burden of distractions, and the burden of our worries. I believe these three, three and we're gonna find this in scripture, these three things are huge burdens in our life. That, that either we have allowed to lay on top of us or we have, um, we have bought into the, the, the lie that others feel like they need to lay on top of us as well. And so the burden of schedule, the burden of distractions, and the burden of worry. And so we're gonna be in Luke chapter 10. If you have your copy of God's word, we would encourage you to turn to that. Luke chapter 10 um, we're going to be in verse 38 through 41, just a few uh, verses here. And so Jesus is at some friend's house, some friends that uh, I felt like filled his bucket. And so he's at uh, the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And so as we turn to this Luke chapter 10, verse 38, let's see what it says here. As Jesus 
and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me, exclamation point. Martha, Martha, this is his response. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So as we talk about the first thing, the burden of our schedule. Our, our schedule, I believe, is, is one of the biggest things that overwhelms us. You know, when you ask someone how they're doing, what's one of the top five responses? How oh, we're busy. We're busy. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Wouldn't it be great if you ask someone how they're doing, how things going, if they say, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of bored. You know, I'm just kind of walking through life. It's great, you know. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, but tomorrow will happen. Tomorrow's gonna come. You know, it's like they're always on a camping trip, you know. And, and it's great to have that, that mindset and that attitude. And I do know that there are seasons where our, our schedule is packed full. But, but there are many people, they run with that season all the time, and they never get a break, and that's including me as well. Sometimes I'll put myself in uh, that position. You know, Mary, uh, Mary did not fold to the demands of Martha. Mary did not fold to the demands of of Martha. You know, it was a good choice to, to go work in the kitchen. I mean, yes, I mean, Martha's working. She's preparing a meal. Yeah, I probably should, I probably should go help Martha. That's a good choice. But I'm going to choose, make the better choice. I'm going to make the best choice. I'm going to have the best yes, and that's at the foot of Jesus. Uh, did you notice that Mary didn't even answer uh, Martha? Mary, Mary didn't even answer Martha. You know, I'm sure that as Mary's uh, sitting there at the feet of Jesus and, and, and Martha's talking to Jesus, Mary, Mary didn't even answer her sister. You know, because when, when she realizes, you know, I'm not going to um, meet the needs or the demands that you're, you're giving out because I'm choosing the best yes, there's no explanation for that. I don't need to explain myself I would allow Jesus to explain. And that's exactly what happened. See, when you, when you choose the, the best yes, when you choose the bigger things, when you choose the most important things, you don't need an excuse. You have a reason enough. Let Jesus be your explanation. We see this 
uh, when, when, when people are, uh, have jobs, okay? Uh, I, I know Sundays, uh, some people have to work. I mean, right now, there are, there are millions of people at work doing something, okay? And, and it's just our society and our culture, you know? But, but if, if, if we are in, a, in a, a job situation where we just cannot get to church or get fed spiritually on a weekly basis all the time, um, we need to allow Jesus to speak in that. We need to be able to say, hey, sit down with their boss and, 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 and say, you know, I, I understand that you need someone to work here, but could you please find somebody else because I really need to be at church. And I think God will honor you with that. And if that boss continues to say no, then God, I believe, has a better job for you, a job that a boss is gonna allow you to go to church. And it may not be church on Sunday morning. It could be a church on, in, in an evening service. It could be um, uh, an opportunity where you have uh, to be fed there, and, and that is perfectly fine. But just know this, when, when we choose Jesus, when we choose those most important things, then let Jesus be that reason. Um, and so with our schedule, there's lots of conflicting things that happen. And, and, and as I talk to those who have, who have families and those who, who, are, are, who are parents, and, uh, and, and even those who aren't parents and you're not married yet and you know, you're, gonna, you're gonna eventually be here one day, there, there are conflicts. There are conflicts between work and family. Work and family collide all the time. And it's a wrestling match. As we, as we wrestle to try to, um, to try to meet the demands of, of, our, of our work and as we try to meet the demands of our family. And we have to ask ourselves, okay, what is, what is the balance? What is the balance? And, and I've shared a little bit of this in, in past uh, sermon series where you, you basically have to get to the point to where someone is not going to get what they are expecting. Someone is not going to get what they are expecting. And sometimes you just have to cheat a little bit. You have to cheat out. You have to be able to say, you know, I'm, I, I'm going to lay this aside, this demand aside in order to, to spend time with my family. You know, um, and, and, and as we walk in this life and as we have that collision in our, in our families, we have to understand there's not going to be enough time in, uh, in the day or in the week to get everything done. And there's not enough time to get everything done that, that, that you are convinced or others have convinced you that need to be done. And so as we, as we work out this collision course between work and family, you know, we, we're supposed to do our work and love our family. We're supposed to do our work and love our family. But when we love our work and do our family, the class has only just begun. It's then and there that we know, hey, uh, we, we've stepped over the line, and we are now have this scheduling 
problem and then we starting to feel the burden of our schedule because those people that we really in our hearts love the most are really wondering where's our devotion because you know you and I consider and say you know well Frank I, I love my family I love my family I love my wife I love my kids but the problem could be that you love your family with your heart, but not with your schedule. But can I tell you something? Your family can't see your heart. When we love our family with just our heart and not our schedule, it confuses them because they can't see our heart. They can see our schedule. And so it's so important. That's why we talked last week about putting those big rocks in first to make sure we're putting those family times first. We say, well, Frank, you don't understand. You know, my job is pulling me away. I, I get that. Trust me. I know. And we all struggle with this. I would imagine most people in this room at some seasons in their life. And there are seasons, if, you, if you're an accountant, tax season, whoa. You know, it's like, it's like really hard to, to, to meet the demands of the, of the family. And so I just wanna encourage you to love your family, do your work, and don't get those confused. And let me use this as an illustration. Let's say if I, let's say if I ran over you with my truck. I have a... I would drive a big expedition, V8, eight passenger. Let's say if I ran over you with my truck, that'd be pretty bad. But, but I, I visit you in the hospital and I say, man, I'm so sorry I ran over you. You know, I meant to swerve and miss you. I, I, I really, I meant to, but I just didn't. I had good intentions of missing you, but I didn't. Me saying that is not gonna automatically cause healing in your bones to happen or, or in your, you know, your ruptured spleen or, or whatever is wrong with you physically. It's not gonna all of a sudden heal because of my intentions. And it's the same way with our families and those we love. You know, we can have good intentions, but we need to make sure that we are truly, truly loving our family. And so um, our, our schedule with our work can really, really, really bring lots of burdens. On the flip side, schedule with our families can really bring a lot of burdens. Parents, let me, let me give you permission for something. I want to give you permission to allow your kids to be bored. Allow your kids to be bored. You know, growing up, my brother and I, just had me and my brother, um, pray for him, by the way. He was in a car accident a few days ago. He had emergency surgery. He's, he's in recovery, but, but just pray for Brian, my brother. But I remember my brother and I, every Saturday, would go with my mom to the washeteria. Now, if you ever, ever never have stepped foot into a washeteria, it, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool experience. You've got all kinds of machines going at it. And my brother and I, we would spend half the day or more 
on Saturdays, help my mom wash clothes. Now, let me tell you something. There was no TV in the washing area. There was no iPhone. We didn't have any kind of Walkman or CD player. You know, there was no tablet. There was no computer, no internet. What I, my TV was this big round circle and things tumbling inside it. And I was bored out of my mind. You say, well, that's awful. Sometimes it was awful. But the good thing about it, it allowed me to be creative. It allowed me to be creative and not let some sort of device or, or something make me be creative. And so my brother and I, we would we'd play games, we'd go outside the Washateria and play on this hill and, and do all kinds of stuff. We'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd get inside the dryers, you know, and play hide and seek and that kind of stuff. And, and I so much wanted to put about 75 cents in there and let my brother roll with it. But we would be creative there even though we were bored. And you know what? That's okay. But you might be saying, well, Frank, I don't want my kids to get bored because they're gonna get in trouble. That's okay. Let them get in trouble. They gotta learn. They gotta learn. Because I read an article about this a couple of weeks ago, how today's kids are never bored. Do you realize that? They may say they're bored. But at any moment, they could turn on the TV, they could look on the internet, they have devices, I mean, they have things that, that they can do. But you take all that away and, and maybe just let them stay home and stay. And if they say, what do I do? I'm bored. Find something to do. Just don't burn a house down. Find something to do. I don't know what to do. You'll figure it out. That is okay. You know, when, when we make sure that our kids are always involved in something and this and that, and, and, and with us having so many kids, I mean, we, we have to tell some of our kids, okay, you can do this this season, but you're not doing anything because there's no way that we can make sure all the kids are where they need to be all the time. And even if you only have one or two kids, it's okay for them to have seasons where there's just not much going on. Because when we pack our schedule with things for the kids and, and that kind of stuff, then, then we're back into the schedule running our lives. And we have the burden of carrying our schedule. And so Mary chose to cheat on helping in the kitchen for the better thing. And that's sitting at the feet of the Son of God. So we have the burden of our schedule. We also have the burden, burden of distractions. Jesus even said it. Mary, Mary, calm down. You're, you know, you're, you're just distracted, okay? You're, you're distracted. You know what's interesting? We, we, were, we just read this in Luke chapter 11. Do you know what happened in Luke chapter 10? Just one chapter. Move to the left one chapter. You know what happened? Jesus fed 5,000 people with the kids' lunch. So Jesus feeds 5,000 people with the kids' lunch, takes care of them all. He's at home with Mary and Martha. I don't know, a handful of people. 
You know, it's a small little party gathering, you know? And Martha is distracted by trying to feed this handful of people. When just one chapter earlier, Jesus fed 5,000. Probably Martha heard about that. Probably there's a good chance Martha was even there. She might have received part of that 5,000, that meal for 5,000. How soon she forgot that she was in the presence of the great provider. And so Martha was distracted by things, trying to feed people whenever the great provider, Jesus, was there and all he had to do is poof, Chick-fil-A nugget tray, we're done. She looked to herself to provide what she needed when Jesus could have provided it all along. You know, you and I, have, we have needs. We have needs. I think one of the biggest needs is that we wanna feel like we belong. We wanna feel accepted. That's why with our strategy at Lake Point Church, our strategy is belong, believe, become. We want people to feel like they belong to a family, can, can, can feel like they're connected. And then ultimately through that connection, if they haven't already accepted Christ, to believe on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life and ask Jesus to forgive them of their sins and then ultimately become the person God intended them to be. I believe one of the biggest needs in, in, in humanity is people just wanna feel accepted. They wanna feel like they belong. Our kids do. That's why social media has taken over. It has. It's a great communication. But I think one of the biggest reasons social media exists and is done so well because people want to feel like they belong. They put a post or they put a picture on Instagram and they, and they wait and they see how many people like it, how many follow, new followers did I get. So when we turn to social media to fill the need a belonging, when Jesus is waiting for us to allow him to speak words of affirmation and encouragement to our hearts, it's just like what Martha did. Martha was distracted. Martha was distracted. She, she felt like she needed to meet the demands of making sure everybody was fed, which is normal, natural, but there was a better choice there was a better choice. The Son of God, man, how, many, how often does the Son of God come into your home? There's a better choice. And she was distracted. Not a good choice, but not the best one. When we turn to things like social media to feel the need of belonging and, and being accepted, instead of to Jesus, instead of to God the Father to say, look, I'm gonna speak words of affirmation into your life and words of encouragement It's like we're missing out on the, on the meal for the 5,000 and we're settling for the leftovers. There's a meal there of encouragement and affirmation that God wants to share with you. Don't be distracted by the superficial when the super official provider of your needs is in your living room. 
I'm going to read that again. I think that was really good. Don't be distracted by the superficial. Social media. Don't be distracted by the superficial. When the super hyphen official provider of your needs is in your living room. Don't be distracted. Did you notice that Mary didn't even go into the kitchen? God's word didn't say that. Didn't say that she went into the kitchen. She, she didn't go in the kitchen. She walked in the house, sat at Jesus' feet. I'm sure she's been in the kitchen. I'm sure she's helped Martha. She probably has certain things that she does and certain things that Martha do, does. And so, but she's at the feet of Jesus. She didn't even go to the kitchen. She realized if I go in the kitchen, I'm going to be distracted, and it's pulling me away from Jesus. When we are distracted by the things of this world, it's going to pull us away from Jesus. Don't let the distractions of this world weigh you down so much that it pulls you away from Jesus. Don't settle for the leftovers. So, we have the burden of our schedule. We have the burden of distractions. That's a heavy burden. And here's yet another one. We have the burden of worry. Jesus even told Martha, Martha, you're worried. You're worried. Martha, do you remember what I did in Luke chapter 10? Martha, have you read Luke chapter 10? I fed 5,000 people. Stop worrying. She was worried, I'm sure, with what people might think if she didn't provide a meal for someone like Jesus and her guests. She was worried about what people might think. But we see how Mary overcame worry. We see how Mary overcame worry in another book, another chapter, in John chapter 12, verse one, one through seven. John chapter 12, one book over. Same family, same house, same Jesus, almost a, a very similar setting. We see this, John chapter 12, verse one through seven, six days before the Passover. Okay, this is, this is the week leading up to Lord Jesus laying down his life. Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So he had already raised Lazarus. He's a rock star. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Okay, dinner, Jesus' honor, that means cue in Martha and Mary. Oh, wait, Jesus is here. Mary's probably not gonna help. So Martha's having to do all this stuff. So by then, probably Martha's realizing, okay, I'm gonna have to take care of this. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with Jesus. You know, they didn't have chairs back then, right? Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard and expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. Picture that. Not a towel. She wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas, 
Iscariot, boo, hiss, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages, a year's salary. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to keep himself to what was put into it. Good job for John letting us know of that. Verse 7, leave her alone. That's important, by the way. We'll come back to that. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. You know, Mary was not concerned with what others thought. Here was Mary pouring that expensive perfume, a year's wages, wiping it with her hair, and someone who's reclining at the same table is criticizing her. Again, Mary doesn't speak into that. She's allowed, she allows Jesus to speak for her. And she didn't, she was not overcome by the worries of what others might think. She just didn't care. She only cared what Jesus thought. So, again, picture her at the feet of Jesus wiping her hair with his feet. When's the last time you saw someone wipe their hair? Wipe your feet with their hair. Or when's the last time you decided you would wipe for those who have hair, okay, in this room? When's the last time you decided to wipe someone's feet with your hair? That's crazy, right? Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. It's an act of devotion. It's an act of devotion and worship. She realized who Jesus was. You know, seems over the top for me and for you, but not for Mary. You know, it's kind of like committing your life to follow Jesus by, by talking with him every day in prayer. You know, that, that act of, of worship that Mary showed is kind of like walking in righteousness and not in sexual immorality. It's kind of like not laughing at that dirty joke it's kind of like by not agreeing with big issues like abortion and homosexuality are right in today. That goes against God's word. It's kind of crazy to think like that. And it's kind of crazy to live like that. And it's kind of crazy to live our life by this book. Yeah. That's, that's very crazy. In fact, that's Mary crazy. That's Mary crazy. When you and I live our lives as best we can by what's in this book and not by what the world is telling us that's not in this book or the world takes what's in this book and skews it around and flips it around and says, no, it really means this. When we disregard that, we live our life by this book, live our life with, with righteousness and walk in holiness to God, that's crazy. 
so was Mary. That's crazy, that's very crazy, and that's Mary crazy. But like Mary and her perfume, your righteous actions will be a sweet fragrance that fills your life and the lives of those you touch. Your act of righteousness will be a sweet fragrance on your life and the lives you touch. And like Mary, Jesus is there to tell the world, leave her alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Students, when, when you decide to, to, to walk in righteousness and live your life not as the world lives, and you decide to do that, you've got a savior there who is there smelling the sweet fragrance, the sweet aroma of your life. That's how you get your atten- his attention. And he's there to tell the world, leave him alone. Leave her alone. She's mine. He's mine. It's exactly what Jesus told Judas. Leave her alone. So don't allow the worry of what others think about your Christian life burden you any longer. Don't let what others think about you living for Jesus burden you any longer. So we have, we have the burden of our schedule. We gotta lighten that up a little bit. We gotta say no to some good things to say yes to the best things. We've got to, we've got to uh, work out this collision course between family and work. We gotta cheat a little bit. We've got to, uh, we've got the burden not only of our, uh, of our schedule, but we also have the burden of our distractions that can bring us down and of course the burden of worry. But as I close today, there's there's another burden that people may be wearing. Um, in, our, in our first passage, Jesus said about Mary, few things are needed, or, only, uh, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There's only one thing in this life that are needed, that's Jesus. Once you figure that out and live it, it will not be taken away from you. It will not be taken away from you. We talked about the burden of our schedule and our distractions and worry, but there's another burden of sin. You know, this world has the burden of sin because I don't care if, I don't care if you're a believer or not, when their sin enters our heart, there's something about our life that 
that burdens us down. And we try to get rid of that burden. We try to hide that burden. We try to handle that burden. We try to deal with that burden, even carry that burden. Even as believers, some, we allow some sins to hang around. We were not created to carry the burden of sin. You realize that? God did not create us to carry the burden of sin. That's why Jesus carried it on the cross. And so if you have sin in your life, even if you're a believer here today, if you've got some sin in your life that you're just allowed to hang around, that burden is weighing you down. And it's causing you not to really live a life of of simple gospel living, of simple righteousness, because it's weighing you down. And it's not allowing you to become the person God designed you to be. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Christ, you're probably wondering, or you're probably, you're probably thinking, well, that's it. That, that's why I'm so messed up. That's why I've got so much weight on my life and on my heart, because I've not released that to Jesus. I've not given that to him. We'll close with this in, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Come to me, this is Jesus. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, which is a, a farming device you put on ox and cows and cattle. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know why Jesus' burden is light? Because when we take our sin and offer it up to him, he takes it from us, casts it as far as the east is from the west, we can no longer find it. It goes on for infinity and beyond. And Jesus says, look, my burden is light. Yeah, you need to take up your cross. But taking up the cross daily and following him is nothing compared to the weight of our sin. So if you're walking heavy today by sin, give that over to Jesus.